Welcome to another edition of CBF's Church Start Conversation. I have with me today Wayne Weathers, who's the pastor of Vision of Hope Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Wayne is a graduate of Virginia State University. Um, he went to Duke University Divinity School, where he received his uh, Master of Divinity and headed on to Luther Theological Seminary in Philadelphia um, to get his doctorate. Uh, Wayne, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, you are um, our first church start in, in Philadelphia, um, so you're kind of an outlier in, in many different ways. Um, tell us a little bit about how you discovered CBF and why you found it was the, the home for you. Yeah, um, I became familiar with um, CBF, or my first um, experience with CBS was through um, the Baptist House at uh, Duke University Divinity School while I was pursuing uh, my master's of uh, divinity degree. At the time, my um, advisor um, for my master's divinity program was uh, Dr. Furman Hewitt. At that time, he was heavily involved with uh, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Actually, that was the first time I've heard of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship and learned the history. Uh, when we were um, blessed to launch uh, or start visiting our Hope Baptist Church, um, I was started to look up information in regards to who could we partner with in order to help us not only continue to uh, allow Vision of Hope Baptist Church to be started from the ground up, but also to work with me to ensure that we put um, various structures and mechanisms in place to sustain it throughout time, throughout decades, and you know, God forbid, when I'm taken home to be with the Lord, that the church will continue to go on decades and, and years from now. Uh, when I started doing my research, um, you know, one person um, told me about Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. I was between two, Cooperative Baptist Fellowship and another entity. And this person was very, you know, familiar with those entities that I was asking about. And uh, the person basically said, you know, CBF is a, is a good organization. So after I did my research about CBF, uh, Googled it, um, got information and, you know, enjoyed what I've read. Um, that's when I, you know, got in contact with, you know, the, you know, those in that, excuse me, got in contact with the information that said on the website, was able to connect with you and the rest of it is our uh, history. <laughs> well, we're honored to have you as part of the fellowship. Um, your, your name is very distinct vision of hope. Um, Tell us the story behind the name. Sure. Um, I was Previously, I was pastoring a um, traditional church in Philadelphia. I was pastoring there approximately 10 years. And close to the 10th year, I encountered some very turbulent times um, to the point where it got very tumultuous. Um, I didn't do anything wrong, didn't do anything immoral, anything of that nature. It just got real tumultuous. So during the uh, time as the tension started to heighten and everything, um, just the conflict that kept um, getting very volcanic, I began to pray and fast about what was the next phase for me in ministry. Um, I knew I had to leave, um, but I was really contemplating what do I do next? Uh, this is the second church that I pastored. Um, do I just really candidly, do I just walk away from pastoring, pursue, I have a doctor's in ministry degree, do I pursue a PhD, do I go teach at a seminary, uh, what was the next phase? 
And in the week of that fasting and praying, um, I heard the Lord say two things. One, uh, pack your back, you know, well, pack up your office where I currently was uh, pastoring. And then I heard the name Vision of Hope Baptist Church. And so in that time, uh, when I heard the name Vision of Hope Baptist Church, it was very uh, uncomfortable and it was scary. Um, I never looked at myself as being a church starter. Um, I have some colleagues outside of the state of Pennsylvania that has started started a church, actually in North Carolina to be exact, and is doing exceptionally well. But um, I never saw myself as a church starter. So after I heard the name Vision of Hope Baptist Church, I went into some serious prayer with God and said, if this is what you want me to do, you know, I need uh, a purpose. I need a mission. I need objectives, what it is that you want me to do. And as quick as um, I made that request to God, and all of a sudden, the information just flowed like a river. And I found myself writing the purpose, the mission, the goals, and the objectives. And that's how Vision of Hope Baptist Church was conceived. And then later, that's how the church was born. Mm. That's a powerful story. Um, you know, what you what you faced is uh, what um, many ministers face, which is, you know, the struggle of um, calling and burnout and and all the baggage that comes with that. Um, you know, so it's a powerful story to hear of, you know, kind of out of the ashes of uh, this, this difficult conflict, um, both externally and internally, you know, this beautiful church community has, has been born. So how, is, how has ministry shifted for you from, you know, this traditional church setting to, you know, a lot of people think when you start a new church, just everything looks so different. But, you know, how does it look the same? Uh, how does it look different for you on a day-to-day basis? It's it's very different. Um, I am able to be spiritually creative without having to go through various um, forms of of traditional models in order to implement God's ministry. Uh, when it comes to Vision of Hope Baptist Church, we were very intentional. One that in our history, not to say we split from a previous church because we didn't split, we just left. And in the midst of leaving, God gave us the vision to start a church. Secondly, when we started our worship services, we want our worship services to be reflective of our congregation. So um, the worship services, you'll see uh, people who participate of every, of every age range. So you'll see uh, a child, um, adolescent, you'll see a young adult, you'll see an adult, you'll see a senior uh, adult, you'll see all of all of those particular age groups reflective in the order of worship, whether one's reading scripture, one's doing the affirmation of faith, uh, one's welcoming the visitors, uh, one's doing the offertory prayer. We want to make sure that um, that our con- that, that those who are participating in the worship service is reflective of our congregation. Um, the second, you know, aspect of our worship service is you know, we have this policy, come as you are. You know, if you come dressed up, um, you're welcome. If you come in jeans and T-shirts, you're welcome. Um, nobody is going to cast any type of stereotype upon you because of the way you dress and because of the way you look. Um, as far as our choir, we don't have two or three choirs. We just have one main choir. And with that one main choir, you know, they sing Sunday after Sunday, and it makes up uh, same concept 
of our worship service, uh, of our participants in order of worship, um, is the same concept we apply for our choir as well. You don't have a senior choir, you don't have a daughter choir, you don't have a youth choir. Everybody's is is um, members of that one choir, whether you are a child, whether you are an adolescent, whether you are um, a young adult, adult, or senior adult. It all encompasses uh, in that one particular choir. In, in regards to ministry, we are utilizing, we were forced to utilize modern technology. <laughs> Uh, when I say force, let me explain what that means. Um, we were blessed to launch our, our church at, excuse me, at um, Prince of Peace Baptist Church. My mentor, Reverend Robert Shippen, is the pastor of Prince of Peace Baptist Church, and we utilize their fellowship hall. Um, they open up their doors to us. However, we're limited um, based on, you know, their calendar and their schedule. Um, it's not that they say what you can do or can't do. They just have hours of operation. And then also, we didn't want to be a pest um, or be an inconvenience to Prince of Peace Baptist Church as well. And so what we did was, um, when I say force in a positive way, I had to learn how to, how to, are you going to do Bible study and how are you going to do prayer meetings without, you know, inconveniencing um, Prince of, the staff of Prince of Peace Baptist Church, who have been wonderful to us. I mean, I can't even, wow, words can't even express how much they've opened their arms to us, how much they treated us, just like we're family, uh, et cetera. But in the meantime, you know, looking at their calendar, knowing what days that they're open, what days that they're closed, what days that they, you know, have availed themselves to us and what days they cannot based on their, um, based on their um, hours of operation. So being forced to utilize uh, modern technology, uh, we know prayer meeting is important. And so what we do is every Monday morning through social media, Monday morning and Wednesday evening, we have our prayer meetings on 6.30 Monday mornings and 7 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. And we utilize the free conference call line. So uh, every Monday we have between 15 to 18 people, including myself, calling every Monday, 6.30 in the morning. That's prayer time. So it's a little small sermonette, uh, maybe about five-minute sermonette, then we go Automatically, we go into prayer. Same example um, is used, or same um, strategy is used on Wednesday at seven o'clock as well. I lead the seven, excuse me, I lead the six thirty prayer meeting on Monday mornings. One of our associate ministers lead the prayer meeting on Wednesday uh, Wednesday evening. In addition to that, we understood that Bible study is important. Um, Prince of Peace Baptist Church opened up their doors for us to have Bible study seven o'clock on Thursday evenings. But then the challenge um, that we encountered was we had people who wanted to come to Bible study, but they couldn't make it Thursday evening because of work schedule. So, again, um, spiritually in a positive way, forced to use modern technology, we have Bible study on Tuesday by WebEx uh, for those who can't make Bible study on Thursday. So, um, and that's going exceptionally well. Uh, I teach Bible study Thursday evening at Prince of Peace Baptist Church. Our associate minister, who happens to be my wife, she teaches Bible study by WebEx on on Tuesday uh, at 7.30 p.m. So being able to utilize that aspect of modern technology. And then also, um, due to the fact that we were a church start, we wanted to evangelize in a way to reach millennials through social media, again, for us to use modern technology in a positive sense. So what we did was um, we launched what was called our Vision of Hope Baptist Church YouTube channel. We um, 
you know, developed our Facebook page. In the midst of our Facebook page, we not only do we place information about our church on our Facebook page, but we also at one time was average, was um, broadcasting our sermons as well. Um, so utilizing modern technology, we're in the process of revamping our web page. But even now on certain Sundays, we uh, have taken uh, modern technology to another level because now with Facebook, you can um, do FaceTime live. So at sometimes we are able to broadcast, you know, the preaching part of our worship service live through Facebook Live. And then finally, um, due to the fact that we did not have or still don't, don't have an office, a permanent office, uh, we needed to establish a telephone number in a way that would not be an expense to the church. Well, one of our uh, members who happened to be a millennial suggested that we get a Google telephone number. So that's exactly what we did. So um, anybody who wants to get in contact with us, schedule an appointment, uh, if they want me to be a guest preacher or do workshops, et cetera, you know, we call the Google telephone, they, not we, but they call the Google telephone line, and that's how they've been able to, you know, get in contact with us. So that's just a brief synopsis or, you know, a brief view of what's going on at Vision of Hope Baptist Church, you know, blessed to utilize Prince of Peace Baptist Church in a positive way, forced to be creative and utilize uh, modern technology through social media in order to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out as well as feed our flock as well. Well, I mean, it, it's it's pretty significant uh, what you're doing. I mean, number one is um, it is a um, kind of a difficult reality for church starts today that, you know, the day and age of of, you know, growing to a capacity in a short period of time to have your own space is somewhat difficult. Um, you know, so you're forced to be creative, but also allows you to use your resources for other things by sharing space, like you've talked about. Um, you know, but there are downsides to sharing space. Um, you know, there's that permanence factor. People are, you know, thinking you're unsettled until you are settled uh, in your own space. Um, but I love to hear how creative y'all have been on connecting with people. On top of that, you, you've you've really dug deeper into uh, really the culture at large. People are so busy. Um, so, you know, we can stand indignant as the church wishing people would just conform their schedules around, you know, our particular understanding of how and when the church should function. But y'all have creatively come around that by, you know, doing Bible study over a conference call or video conversations. Uh, that's fascinating and brilliant work. Uh, one of the... Yeah, and one of the one, I'm sorry, one of the experiences we had to share this story, um, we right after we launched, uh, we launched in November, I think November 29th to 2014. January came around and uh, there was a bad snowstorm, and um, literally all the churches in Philadelphia had to close on a Sunday because of a bad snowstorm. So I'm thinking, oh man, you know this snow. Uh, came at the worst time we just launched. Uh, we can't afford not to have any worship services. So I got on the phone, called my executive secretary, and says, okay, text everybody. Let them know we can't have worship service because the um, because of the snow. And my son at that time, he was a junior in high school. He said to me, Dad, he said, uh, the next time it snows, he said, we can still have church. He says, you just get on the, just get yourself a conference call, telephone line, uh, tell everybody, call the conference call line, and you can have church then. You know, somebody can read scripture, somebody can pray, you can preach, and, and church, will, church will be over. 
after I heard that, I got on the phone with the executive secretary, um, Andy. I went on the computer, got our conference call line uh, automatically, and then we put the word back out, hey, church service is not over, <laughs> you know, um, at 930, instead of us going to the church, we will have church through conference call line. And all of a sudden, um, it was basically over 80% of our active members, of course, a small congregation, 80% of our active members, they called in. And we had church through conference call line. Now we use modern technology. Last year, um, 2015, was it? No, 2016, when it happened back in the wintertime, when we had to cancel church because of, you know, a snowstorm, we did the same exact thing. But the difference was our website was up. So we told uh, folks, okay, um, if we, you know, we can't take up an offering through the conference call line, but don't neglect giving of your tithes and offerings, go on our webpage and give of your tithes and offerings. So we had the uh, church service through conference call because of the snowstorm and then encourage our folks to give through our webpage. And so, you know, it worked well. Well, you know, I might actually have to edit that out of the podcast because, you know, any pastors listening don't want their congregations to hear that, you know, hey, if we have to cancel worship, we could actually meet, you know, online or over the phone. (laughs) We might sometimes enjoy those Sundays where things get canceled. Uh, So we'll we'll see if that makes the podcast or not. Um, You're not only an outlier when it comes to um, the way that you are approaching church and, and people's busyness, but... Uh, you're an outlier when it comes to CBF. Uh, you were CBF's first commissioned uh, African-American church starter. Um, now, by the time we came to commissioning in, in June of this last year, um, you had four other African-American church starters that joined you on stage, uh, a commu- Cuban-American church starter, and three Caucasian church starters. And really, in the last couple of weeks, um, you know, great strides have been made with in CBF that we have become even more a diverse of a fellowship. Um, I'm not so sure if you saw the news, but um, around October 5th, um, we signed a partnership agreement with the National Baptist Convention of America. Um, they're uh, home to roughly 3.5 um, million African American Baptists um, in the United States. And uh, it was a great, great day. Susie, uh, along with their president, um, signed this, uh, this partnership agreement. Um, and so it's a pretty, pretty cool moment, but I look at you as one of the people that helped make strides uh, toward creating more diversity within CBF. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, for, for an African-American uh, pastor stepping into a predominantly white fellowship, what was that experience like for you? And, and maybe, you know, why, why was it still CBF for you, even the fact that there wasn't such diversity at the time that you were stepping into uh, CBF. It's, it's a it's a good question. I, I will be, you know, very candid with you. One, I was um, blessed and surprised to hear that you know our congregation was the uh, the first um, to be considered for not to be considered. I'm sorry, first to be commissioned. Um, I didn't feel any different. Um, being a part of a predominantly a Caucasian organization. Um, I looked at the mission. Um, I looked at your goals and objectives and felt like this would be a good fit for us. Um, then interacting with you, um, Andy, Bo, uh, Phyllis Boozer, uh, the Northeast uh, Regional Coordinator, um, 
I was never made to feel like you are a minority in an organization that's predominantly Caucasian. It was brothers and sisters in the, in the name of Jesus Christ. So I didn't feel like any pressure, um, you know, we are different. No, we were all participating um, in the body of Christ. And, and, and that's what, um, you know, what I felt, even when my wife and I, when we came to the uh, CBF gathering in June, the information that was there that, you know, was that we was able to take back to the church. Um, my wife gathered, gathered information. She's um, the head of our marriage ministry. She was able to buy some, you know, buy material there. Um, at the CDF gathering in June and use that to launch our marriage ministry, which has taken place in November. Um, so, you know, I didn't feel any kind of way, didn't feel greater, less I just looked at the opportunity of what it is that could help, you know, vision a whole Baptist church. And I do know in certain situations, just in life, you know, I've had those experiences. I don't want to come across like, well, I've never had those types of experiences. What I will say is I did not have that experience um, with CBF very open. If, um, I needed some type of, um, information to help, you know, guide the church and everything. Um, very open. My, my coach, uh, life coach, Kyle, um, you know, no feeling of, you know, one is Caucasian, one's African American. No, um, very insightful, very helpful, even as, as a life coach. So I hope that answers the question, not trying to dance around it, but just going to be, very candid, um, didn't have that type of experience of insider, outsider, uh, you know, you're a minority in a, in, in, uh, in a, in, in a Caucasian type organization. I didn't get that sense at all. Well, it's encouraging to hear, um, that aspect of your story. Um, you know, it's, it is a interesting day and age when it comes to race relations within America. And I think it's one thing to be able to, talk a good talk about, you know, the diversity of the kingdom of God to talk about, um, you know, how we want to be, you know, an affirming, uh, organizational body for, for all people. Um, but it's a different thing when you actually have the opportunity to live it out. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I had a conversation in this last week with a church starter who's coming on board with us and, you know, um, the conversation essentially was going that, you know, uh, he was talking about what all uh, he felt like CBF was offering him and, you know, and uh, how he was so grateful for it. And I kind of stopped him and said, you know, I want you to recognize that this is a, this is a dual partnership. Um, your story uh, matters to CBF. Your experience matters to CBF. Um, who you are as an individual matters to CBF. And, and we all come to the table to, to decide and to move forward as a fellowship of people. And so I'm wondering, you know, not, not to, not to give you an opportunity to, to boast on yourself, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for your work. I'm wondering if you might consider what is it that you bring to CBF? What is it that vision of hope brings to CBF that helps make our experience and our mission fuller? Well, I'll answer that two part for myself and then vision of hope. What a what the Lord has blessed me to bring to uh Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is is twofold. One, um being able to bring a pastoral experience from an urban perspective in both the South and the North. And let me impact that just briefly. 
Um, the first church that I was able to pastor was an urban church in um, Durham, North Carolina. And then the second church I was able to pastor was a, a urban church in Philadelphia. So to have a, a pastoral experience, outreach ministry experience from um, a church in the South, and then juxtapose that with having an urban ministry experience, urban outreach ministry experience with the church in the North um, is valuable experiences to bring within the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship because the dynamics of pastoring an urban church in the South is totally different than pastoring an urban church in the North. So being able to have that type of diversity of experiences is 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 great, you know, for CBF as well. And this is not to say that CBF doesn't have any uh, pastors that have uh, urban experiences, whether it's, you know, Caucasian, Cuban, uh, African-American. I'm just speaking of just the experience that I was able to gain pastoring in North Carolina compare, you know, to pastoring in Philadelphia. Uh, other skills that, you know, I was able just to bless to bring into uh, CBF is not just only pastoral skills, but being a community leader um, with the various organizations that I'm involved with, as well as, you know, my experience in community organizing, as well as outreach ministry as well. Um, and then to add to that, um, being blessed to be an adjunct professor with um, Lancaster Bible College with the Center for Urban Theological Studies here in Philadelphia, bringing that diversity of experience as well as, you know, someone who is now a church starter. Uh, with Vision of Hope Baptist Church, we're able to, you know, provide for um, Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is being able to launch a urban northern church within this cooperative baptist fellowship um, understanding the dynamics of the culture within your congregation and then the culture that you are being called to serve um bringing an experience with uh with the cooperative excuse me what uh, vision of hope baptist church brings as far as experience to um cooperative baptist fellowship is how to be a church start that's progressive, yet embrace traditions and still be able to reach out to a community and reach a community at large, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think that diversity of experience from myself, as well as Vision of Hope Baptist Church, is just a few of the blessings that we bring into the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Thanks for joining this Church Starts Conversation. For more information about church starting and other initiatives by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, visit cbf.net.